Falco's on his back. Come on. They haven't run a play yet, and Falco's down. Yeah, he got hit with a left hook by his own guy. He was looking out his ear hole for a minute. I'm the quarterback. I'm the only one supposed to talk in the huddle. But he was in my spot, shit. I don't give a shit. Now huddle up. What's up, everybody? It is Fear and Loathing in Cinema Podcast. Brand new episode for you. Oh, my goodness. We have a wonderful, wonderful episode today, March 28th. It's a it's a Tuesday. And uh, we, we went to Vegas. We put it all on the replacement uh, team. Uh, I'm Brian Kluger, and I'm joined by the two co-hosts with the most, the the replacement football team I want to win a Super Bowl with. Preston Barta and Dan Moran, how are you guys doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. How you go doing, Dan? I'm I'm doing great. I was confused that Keanu Reeves didn't kill anyone in this movie, but, you know, we, we can get to that. Well, we will get to that. We will get to that. It's going to be amazing. Of course, we are talking about the 2000 movie, the movie that came out in the year 2000. The Replacements, <laughs> directed by Howard Deutsch, you know, the husband of Leah Thompson and father of Zoe Deutsch. And this was written by Vince McEwen, produced by Dylan Sellers, and the cinematography by the amazing Tak Fujimoto. And it starred crazy, crazy cast, Keanu Reeves, Gene Hackman, Orlando Jones, John Favreau, and probably his best role ever, um, <laughs> in Rise Iphons. Uh, and it was about, uh, or it's, it's, it's based on that 1987 NFL strike, where the Washington Redskins kind of, uh, went on strike with all their players and they got in replacements uh, to replace the players yes. and they went on to win um, the games and went on to win su- the new Super Bowl that year. So crazy. Um, I'm excited to talk about this because this movie came out um, in August 11th, 2000. And if you remember the year prior uh, in 1999, Keanu Reeves did matrix neo so this was kind of his first big movie or first movie after the matrix it kind of shot him to superstardom uh so let's start with dan dan do you remember seeing this in the theater i mean i was i guess i was at the end of high school so uh and i remember watching it and i was like i like this movie it's got a it's it's fun it's silly uh, I don't know if the silliness holds up as well this day, but I remember liking the the soundtrack and all the actors in it. Um, but Dan, what did you remember about it seeing it first? Yeah, so I was early in high school and still thought I was athletic and was playing football and whatnot. So of course, went and saw this one, loved it. As you said, starred at that point. You know, when you're 12, 12, 13, 14, um, I'm going through the Matrix years. 
I only knew Keanu Reeves really from the matrix. I mean, that's sad to say, but I wasn't watching all of his, his older movies or any of the kind of rom-coms he was in. Maybe I saw Johnny Dynamic um, at one point, but I was like, Oh, it's a matrix guy and he's playing football. And it kind of looks like point break a little bit as far as just like, it's the point break guy playing a quarterback again. And I was in, um, and I remember liking it then. I know I saw it multiple times in the theater. Um, I know that for a fact, because um, I remember at least seeing it two or three times. And and I haven't revisited it in at least 20 years. And so it was a really nice surprise to go back and watch it uh, yesterday. Good, good, good. Uh, Preston, what do you remember about this? In the year 2000, you were how old? I was 10. <laughs> and do you, I mean, did you see this in the theater? Was this a type of movie you were into at the time? I did see it in the theaters because I was in football at the time. But I don't remember. I, I, I know I saw it in theaters, but I don't remember. the. I don't have the memory of being in the theater and, and like what was going on, what my energy and how I felt going, going out of it. But I, yeah. I did watch it quite a bit, either on VHS or just on cable quite a bit. And me and my buddies would, I, I, I just, I was really into, uh, what's his name? Uh, Reese I fans. I, yeah. I, from Notting Hill or <laughs> little Nicky. That's or little Nicky. That's right. <laughs> he, he, he was the best thing about little Nicky to me. I was always into his like blonde hair and his uh, attitude. He kind of carries over that, that attitude a little bit here um, and his peppermint schnapps, but that's, that's little Nicky. But here uh, I just, I loved, I loved everything that he did. So when I was watching it last night, I was very surprised on how much of the quotes I remembered and even the cheerleading tryout scene, which doesn't really make sense as to why it's here. Unless I guess maybe I missed the detail that they replaced the cheerleaders too. Um, was uh, I remembered most of their routines and what they said. So that's kind of an embarrassing fact. So, well, not embarrassing. I mean, it stuck struck a chord with you. A little Preston watching the hot, you know, stripper cheerleaders. <laughs> you were like the the opposing team getting sidetracked. You know, you became, you became yeah. a man that day. Yep, yep, that's it. <laughs> well, the rep- boyhood with manhood. There you go. There you go. Uh, so yeah, this this movie. Okay, so it's interesting that the replacements. When you look at it, it's an underdog story, you know, tried and true. You know, it's these all of these players that might have played high school football, might have played college football a little bit. They're all doing odd jobs. Some are in prison and (laughs) uh, and in real life. We'll get to that in a second. It's essentially Um, Armageddon with the football team. (laughs) Correct. It is. It's like this ragtag group island of misfit toys going in to replace this uh, football team in, in Washington in the NFL, John Madden and Pat Summeraller, um are doing paid a lot of money to play. Right. Yeah. To, to play themselves and call the game throughout the entire movie. And 
what happened in this movie? I'm not sure what a first draft looked like and what the final product looked like. But when you have an underdog story, let's let's say kind of like remember the Titans with Denzel Washington. You have this underdog story and you have the music just like in this movie, a lot of music, a lot of dancing, a lot of singing with the team to come together. But in the replacements, there's a lot of like almost naked gun type of humor, like very spoofy, silly type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that was the original intent or if it just went that way during production, but I'll start with Dan. What do you think that silliness or that, you know, kind of spoofy comedy did it add or did it take away from the story for you? I enjoyed it. I thought it was a throwback and it was, it was um, kind hearted goofball stuff that was enjoyable. I mean, I didn't think that it was so stupid as to take away from the thought of, you know, a, a um, yacht cleaning guy coming in and becoming, you know, the best quarterback in the league after not playing for, for a very long time or any of the other stuff that was going on. Honestly, if I was to compare this to anything, I think the, the remake of the longest yard, another underdog football mm-hmm. comedy from a few years later had way more dumb um, comedy bits in it that just did maybe didn't hit or find the mark as opposed to this one, which I felt, I felt like they worked. They, they worked for me. They made, they made me laugh or at least chuckle um, throughout the movie. So not a too, not too big of a distraction here. I'll, I'll agree with you. I, I do agree with you. I think like it's so lighthearted and it makes sense and they're having a yeah. good time on screen. So that's why I liked it. Preston, do you feel the same way? Is it hold, held up? No, it has not. <laughs> Wait, I mean, really? I mean, I know there's jokes in there that, you know, are not PC <laughs> today, but Hey, you know what? I think they're great jokes. I, I love them, you know? Um, see, when Dan was describing his feelings about The Longest Yard, the remake of that, I actually think that's a better movie and more funny. Oh. Uh, and better for me because, man, I laugh at all that stuff. I mean, we I think we joked even on this podcast at one point, uh, what was it? Stone Cold or Goldberg had that. Uh, yes. That's how a white man plays the guitar. Dude, there's so many like silly, like that's like uh, Nate Bargatze type of humor where they just take something that's that's written and give it some flavor. And that's kind of like what the comedy of that movie was. And, but it also has to deal with the the buddies that I ran around with at the time. Cause I did watch it not a couple of years ago, not too long ago. So it's at least somewhat fresh in my mind, but I still have a good time about it, but perhaps I'm a little more nostalgic about that movie just because of all my friends and how we quoted it constantly when we were playing baseball or football or whatever we were doing in high school. Um, but yeah, this one, um, I just didn't quite feel the energy with it. I, it is light on its toes. Like you said, it is offensive, very offensive, but it's at least offensive to everybody. Like th- <laughs> right. th- th- that kind of gives it a pass. It's not like they have a scene where they make fun of, the the Japanese guy and calling him Chinese and then doing imitations of him, uh, of him and things like that. But like, with with that, you know, they they do make fun of it because it's like them coming together and seeing each other's differences. But like they use yeah. those same jokes yeah, yeah. to bond later on. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, as you're watching it, you're like, ooh, oh boy. And then you know, there's 
Oh, I, I, I'm not going to repeat anything because I don't want to get myself in trouble. But um, you're not going to get in trouble. <laughs> there's, there's quite a bit. Like you know, uh, the 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 black guy being from prison, and then the one of the coaches, the white coaches, is is like, I'm not going to learn sign language, and it's just like all this kind of stuff. <laughs> but that's, um, I, I'm, I know you said that's that's the most realistic, like football coach it, thing i've ever seen my imagine yeah it is one and imagine one nfl coach being like you know what for this one guy i'm gonna learn something yeah about right yeah. yeah i yeah, feel uh, like it was it, it was and i will say this <laughs> it was life mean, imitated was like, yeah life imitated art in this instance with the guy the actor who played the guy from prison because he actually did go to prison for murdering his girlfriend or wife like like it's bad well oh, man that's that's what we call i mean move over daniel day lewis we have a real method actor in this place oh boy i'm looking i'm looking to see oh yeah michael jace yeah incarcerated um he was also he was in the tv show the shield and yeah uh jury convicted him a second degree murder in 2016 sentenced him to 40 years to life in prison Mm. he was great in the shield too he, he was really good in the shield but yeah he was in forrest gump he was in he was in a bunch of things but yeah he when i saw him in this i was like oh my god i forgot about this he was in this um but I yeah t- i'll tell you that the character that i probably didn't laugh at the most when i was a kid i laugh at more as an adult and that is uh troy winbush as walter cochran He's like the Bible holding guy. Yeah. <laughs> he was way funny, way funnier than I remember. And I laughed quite a bit at all his stuff. Like whenever they're in the jail cell, like messing with each other. I think at one point they're all fighting. And then he says, we're all God's children. And it just made me laugh. So he is he is pretty funny in this. But the the, the one guy that like when I mean, Keanu Reeves is Keanu Reeves. But the one yeah. guy who went on to be like the most famous person out of this bunch is John Favreau. And, you know, him coming from PCU, um, being the stoner guy, you know, just like I, I didn't exhale to this insane character who. It shows his range completely turn on a dime where he can be be calm and collected, but then yeah. just go completely batshit insane as like a, a a SWAT team member police officer who just wants to kill people. It, that I mean, seeing what John Favreau came from to now is unbelievably great. I mean, he showed a lot of restraint even in this role. What do you think? He's driven in the same way that Forrest Gump and Bobby Boucher were like where they'll listen to their coach. He's like, give me the ball. I want you to give me the ball. And he's like, I'll get you the ball. I'll get you the ball. Like, but yeah, his manicness and like how crazy he is. And like, he just breaks his nose and he doesn't care. Uh, Yeah. He's, he's a force in this one. And and I was trying to remember, I was like, he's so good in this, like, crazy mad kind of part i didn't know if he played other parts quite uh like this friends yeah i thought he was a little more calm in that one though because he was he he had like a he was like the rich hollywood guy or whatever had a nice apartment it's just weird to see him from but i agree with you he has had such a weird career that i would love like a retrospective or a book on or something because he goes from what was it like rudy to swingers to 
He's doing stuff like the replacements. And now he is literally like essentially co-running all of Disney. Yeah. Yeah. Lucasfilm, Star Wars. He's the he's the like whatever they say. I know there's a bunch of people who are above him, but like he is the steward of like what is happening. (laughs) Their trip, their their entire the entire future of a multi billion dollar IP science fiction thing like gets filtered down. It's like what does John Favreau think because he resurrected Star Wars with Mandalorian and and a baby Yoda doll. Like it's right. crazy. It's insane. It's nuts. It it is crazy, and I love his tra- trajectory. Yeah. And it just shows that he's smart at what he does. And you know, even back then, I mean, he's put he put everything into this role because literally he's screaming, "Give me the ball! I'll give you the ball!" And then Gene Hackman goes because Gene Hackman's known for yelling in his roles, uh, yeah. and to have that little that little dual face off between Favreau and Hackman yelling, and then Hackman going sit down, and he just stone cold faces it and like goes silent like okay i just i love that aspect of it and so in this movie the next question i want to ask yeah something like is even in the football movie remember the titans um they took their time getting the football team to really come together they got you got to meet all the characters really well they didn't get along for a while until maybe halfway through the movie. But in the replacements, it seemed like they didn't get along for like in a couple hours. And then the songs and dances came on and they really started to come together, even in the first game. Do you think it went too quickly? Do you think like how do you think this played out like story wise? It was a bunch of losers who had their careers essentially either cut short or thought they were never going to have the glory of playing football again or proving they were worth playing. They come in and they all have egos because they all think they're better than it. And I'm glad that it, it, I'm glad we didn't have the typical moment. Like remember the Titans is a, you know, we're just trying to get like, I'm not saying this in any glib way, but it's, it's a Disney fied race is bad. Like racism is bad. Is, is ultimately what we're getting. And everyone can get along. We have one shared goal and Denzel Washington giving great speeches. Like that's that one. And this, it's like, this is a goofy comedy and we're eventually going to need all these different personalities who butt heads for a few minutes to get along so that they can butt heads literally and figuratively with an entire league. And so they had to kind of fast forward it. And I appreciated that because at its core, this is an entertaining comedy and not really trying to teach any any true lessons um if you will yeah i guess yeah i guess not any true lessons i guess the only lesson would be i don't know you have to have heart i guess you have heart and play second chances again it's it is but but it's nothing deeper than that i mean do you think that this movie had a deeper me or deeper script but then there at some point it was like we got to make this more fun because that's Maybe the route that's they went the and they didn't make they made their money back only like it was cost 50 million dollars and made 50 million dollars well can you imagine if this movie was like completely earnest and serious like would it be shot and treated like any given sunday you know what I mean? i'm not sure that would work it, it, it definitely was again here we go we're using the word again it definitely was a tweener because as we talked about earlier there are some goofy or comedy parts of it and then there are the moments where you're like man, I'm actually rooting for Shane Falco here. Um, But I'm not sure if it had gone full-blown slapstick, it would have been more successful. And I'm definitely not sure with this cast, 
if it had been like a really straight laced drama, um, that it would have been more successful financially. Oh. Okay. Okay. Uh, Preston, what do you think? I don't know. I'm not really, I'm, 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 I'm the one that the only one on here that's just kind of like lukewarm on this movie nowadays. I had a lot, <laughs> like I said, I had more fun with it back then. Uh, yeah. I was just, I, again, I wasn't really invested in a lot of it. And so you bring it up, just presenting this question of, does it seem like maybe that I feel that there was some sort of like script issue because when you look at like who did the script, Vince McEwen, like he did the movie fly away home, which is a very like, it's a drama, man. And that's a, that's, it's a good one too. I just don't, I, I don't know. It seems like that there was probably some rewrites or maybe just having like Orlando Jones with his type of humor and all these other characters on here that uh, just kind of clash. Like it just made it, made it funny to them on set. Um, but yeah, to, to me, it doesn't quite hold up as, as well. Like I, I don't know, like going, listening to y'all talk about it. I just, <laughs> my mind was just going to so many different places but it ultimately it just it just doesn't quite work for me like i there i was on my phone uh throughout the movie i couldn't i couldn't get into it wait so what long. is going on here because i i like this movie still like it's i think too it, long i'll tell you it that. is two, two hours. hours it's two hours yeah it's two hours that is it is it is a bit long but i think it's is it is it earned do there's some scenes like i agree the cheerleader scenes I, it's well, to, funny to, to, while it, to it me, was to me it sounds like that maybe they had something maybe perhaps that was more serious and there was a fear there and so they 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 ranked up the comedy but they also just take bits from other movies they plug other moments from other yeah. movies in here and so all it does is just sur keeps things moving that's it it doesn't feel like necessarily unique to me or anything like that but obviously it's not that kind of movie it's not it's not go over that this movie is a cartoon and <laughs> by the end of it uh yeah i just felt like i was fine like i laughed at some bits some things were still pretty funny i enjoyed these characters um but you can like in the very beginning when um Gene Hackman and Jack Warden are kind of going around. It seems like a more serious movie because like their interaction with each other is like, like what, what can I do to, you know, bring you back in here? And it has like this moment where he flips the coin. And he's like, okay, yeah, I'll do this for you. And it felt like, okay, we're, we're launching into something um, that's going to be like kind of genuine, have a good balance of comedy and good dramatic beats. And I feel like this movie leans more, to the other side uh and i i don't know if i felt as I, I just like keanu reeves in movies and so i'll root for him because i like him as an actor and so i'll root for him in general i don't know if i was necessarily ro rooting for him uh as shane falco by the end of it uh if i didn't have his filmography to think about okay interesting interesting perspective uh i i I, would I will also say that the music, there are way too many damn needle drops in this. 
where it's trying to make you believe that you're having a better time than you really are by playing so, that, that song. But, the, but so one of my gripes, so I love the soundtrack here. I love the soundtrack. It's so good. And it's kind of like, again, going back to, remember the Titans, they do have a lot of those songs, you know, of the time. But in this movie, The Replacements, for some reason, they play the same song over and over. Like they played Rock and Roll Part 2, two or good three vibrations Good twice. vibrations twice. Good vibrations twice. I Will Survive. I was like, did we not have the money to get new songs. We're just hearing the same song over and over. So I don't, I don't understand that <laughs> part of it, but I'll, I'll give you that. You'll get, you'll give me, you'll give me that. I'll uh, give you I, that. But I, I, I still like this movie. Yeah. I like how the team comes together. I like when the pro football players who are on strike are constantly tipping uh, Shane Falco's truck over and then his his guards come over to shoot the car and shoot the player's Porsche and yeah that that scene's amazing that scene is like gold right there and works on so many levels uh I think the yeah, stuff them, them doing the tripwire was realistic like... right the, the, <laughs> the, the tripwire like but see like there's like the there's that cartoony comedy where you have yeah. John Favreau, the craziest man in the world, running at full speed and then like have this Bugs Bunny type of jump into cheerleaders. Um, I think the weakest character, which I don't know was written out, but it was uh, Annabelle Farrell, the head cheerleader played by Brooke Langton. I was... She owns a bar? She owns a bar. She becomes the cheerleader. She's interviewing the cheerleader. She starts to like Falco, which, you know, stereotypical, you know, type of, you know... naturally. But the scene where she's driving Falco and she's driving like a maniac. I don't know if that was a dig on women driving or if she's just crazy. But I was I was kept on thinking, like, is this going to come back in the the end of the movie? Like she has to get him somewhere and she's a great driver. But no, it was just like, what's going on here? Why did why did this happen? It's just a they they took it by a moment by moment. They didn't really (laughs) think about the complete picture and how things are going to run into each other. They just like, what can we do to elevate this moment with comedy or something? That's just kind of like a simple, like, aha, that's what it felt like. It's, I don't know. It, the 2000 was a simpler time. <laughs> it was this, a simpler time. This movie it is very much was, a product. Like, yeah. I, I watch it. I'm just like, this movie is very 2000. And I, I don't say this to put any seriousness on anything, but you can tell, like, obviously 9-11 changed a million things, but like the series, like movies, the what what people want to see in theaters, the just the the whateverness of this movie that's goal was to just be entertaining. Um and that people accepted it was kind of like I kind of enjoyed it. I kind of knew what they were going for, whether the, it worked 100% or not. Obviously it didn't work 100% for Preston, but I there was a part of me that was like, "Oh man, they used to they used to we used to make something in this country." <laughs> like, <laughs> we used to take we used to take 50 million dollars, get Gene Hackman, Keanu Reeves, any bit players from Mad TV we could find. And make a football comedy and put it out and be like, listen, you like it or you don't, and it isn't going to derail anyone's career, and it's going to be fun, and you can't really... I can't complain with anyone's performance in this. I agree with you. I totally agree with you, Dan. I th- like Even Rise Iphon's 
the leg. He's he's a British soccer player who can kick a soccer ball from goalpost to goalpost, and they get him for the the uh, football team. And so he has a background of gambling, and so the the loan sharks are after him, the, the mafia. And it like that comes to play even in the end of the movie. And it he <laughs> has an it. arc there. I, I liked him too. And he is so great. I feel like he's like my spirit animal in the movie. He's like going around <laughs> having a good time, flashing the players in the locker room. Like it's just <laughs> it's just so good. Uh I like I it was fun to see kind of like this ragtag group of people come together and Again, like when Preston said at the beginning, there are a lot of things that maybe wouldn't fly today or people would take offense to. But I think it's all in jest and in good fun. And they use that to bond, you know, through the movie. And when, you know, the two guys are calling the um, calling the center, the Chinese guy, the sumo wrestler, you know, derogatory names, they use that as praises and love affirming you know pet names for each other in the middle of a movie I, I like that there's something just sweet about this movie it does not even with its silliness and its goofiness and like its weird comedy uh baked in I, th I think it had a good heart which is you know part of the movie and it's all grounded I think by Keanu here because Keanu yes. it's grounded by him he grounds everything that he's in. There's a, even at this point before he was, I mean, obviously Matrix made him a, um, a, a superstar, but there, there's, he had been making movies for like, you know, 15, 20 years before that, maybe not that long, but there's a gravitas to him, even in this silly of a role where you're like, that's the movie star. That's, that's the guy who holds all of these dumb elements together. He's the glue. And and he had it in the 2000 not hit replacements football movie. He had it. No, he did have it. I mean, even in that first opening scene during the credits where he is actually like in a water tank or below water playing football in the underwater. Like it's really funny and amazing to see like him doing that. Preston, you're going to like this movie. Just listen to us. I, 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 my, my inner nine-year-old, inner 10-year-old likes it, uh, but I, I'm, I'm kind of done with it. As an what? <laughs> really? Do you, yeah, don't th I, do you think Ro would like this? No, I don't think so. Well, <clears throat> I mean, he can, it, it'll be a while before he can watch this that can happen. Cause otherwise if I showed this to him now, I'm just going to have to pee really trying to exercise so many things and so many <laughs> words and things like that out of them. But yeah, I, I just was severely disappointed with this. Oh no. Uh, yeah. But, um, but again, the inside of myself, like the being young and then knowing all the lines, I was like, Oh man, I knew all these things, but yeah, it's dude, just admittedly, it's a, it's a stupid movie, man. Um, I just feel like I've seen, <laughs> I've seen um, movies that accomplish this sort of thing. Cause I mean, it's a predictable movie. I know where it's going to go. I'm like, Oh yeah, I know where that, that I know that beat recognize that beat, know where that beat's going to go. And because I've seen other movies that do this exact sort of thing. So um, yeah, I'm going to put, there's some movies where like solar babies, very dumb movie. <laughs> but I I have 
I had a I, I can still have fun with it because there's like it's just so it's so bad that people had to have known like on set that this isn't this isn't working here I don't know what it is about it um but I don't know it worked for me as a younger so if you're like a kid like it's almost like a kid sneaking into a rated R movie kind of feel like you, you think it's the best movie ever because it has you know cheerleaders in it and all these uh uh jokes that you could probably use on your friends and things like that but yeah other than that like I it just it really says something if I was watching it with my wife last night and I was mostly on my phone waiting for it to be over because I feel like I got this sort of thing better from other movies. Dan, what what are you thinking about Preston right now? I feel like he, he lost Listen. his childhood in this movie. He, he, he became an adult. He lost Listen. it. What's going on? I don't know. One of the movies, you know, we did Biodome and that's where he fell in love. And then the replacements <laughs> is what killed all of his joy. I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I don't. I'm not trying to make sense of this Preston Biodome I'm, replacement. I'm perfectly fine with it. I like that. There's disagree. Anyone like oh, there's no, of course movies on here that we're gonna that we're gonna hate. I'm just surprised. This I'm was the line based on. Yeah, I'm surprised the line was Keanu Reeves football movie when we have watched some true shit and we were like, yeah. you know what? actually pretty good like i we were talking about how funny the flintstones actually was like three weeks ago and now we're like you know what that that orlando jones bit just didn't do it for me <laughs> <laughs> oh it makes me laugh and so since we're in texas preston and myself are in dallas where i'm a big dallas cowboys fan uh i think preston is dan you're in austin dallas at this time Hadn't won a Super Bowl in, I guess, you know, six years or so. But Dallas is still in the 90s, early 2000s, was the team, the evil big team that any underdog movie had to be, like yeah. Jerry Maguire, like anything. And so I guess they couldn't get the real Dallas Cowboys here because they're like in Raiders. I don't think they could get any real team, it yeah, seems no like. It's like they didn't have the NFL's approval on this, and so right. they had to create their own team names. I mean, this colors. isn't draft day. Well, <laughs> You're right. I mean, like even Jerry Maguire, but like, but you have Madden and you have Pat Summerall, and it 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 kind of weirded me out. I was like, why is Dallas Cowboys? They're the evil team that they have to beat, but they're in like Raiders gear. What, what was the deal between all the other Dallas Cowboys, like little giants, even <laughs> the big team was the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, yeah. It's because the NFL knew that those movies were more quality. And then the, they looked at this script. And they're like, no, we're not. No, gonna what, what's we're going not gonna on? We don't need to put the Dallas Cowboys more through the mud than we than they have on themselves. Showing them lose again to an underdog yeah, team. That's basically exactly. what it all is in the movies. I think I think what it really is is just this was a time of not to get all sportsy nerdy on it, but this was a time where like licensing licensing out the real logos or whatnot was one teams were worried about how they were going to be portrayed as we just brought up they would lose and on top of that it was really expensive whereas now the likeness the image like it was a huge day when draft day got all of the 
every single team like signed on to approve all of the logos and the real teams to be involved in that movie. And you even look at something as crazy as 80 for Brady this week, this past winter, like that, that movie like that never would have happened, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, but to put the new England logo on everything. um, I'm sure Robert Kraft who owns the Patriots was like, wait, I don't have to do anything. I'm going to get paid for this. Sure. And and he knew the story was he won. So I think it I think it's really actively like Jerry Jones didn't want to watch his team lose anymore. So we may never see him license him out again. <laughs> I'm I'm really trying to go through the cast of characters and relate them to the Avengers because it seems I mean, like there's a lot because I mean with with John Favreau, he's the incredible Hulk. Like he is calm, reserved amazing quiet dude until he goes freaking nuts (laughs) and i'm going through the list of characters like who's iron man who's captain america like captain america has to be keanu reeves yeah (laughs) like he's calling the shots i'm telling you that i feel like this is an early avengers movie gene hackman is clearly samuel jackson I mean, how how far do we have to go down this? I mean, I don't want to get. Uh, I, we can do this all day. Let's. We let's can go. do this. I'm telling you, Preston, you got to see some of this in here, right? What, John Madden, what, what, Pat Summerall are the annoying goats from Thor: Love and Thunder because they just make <laughs> loud noises. I mean, we got this. Uh, we can do this all day. We could do this all day, Preston. We're trying to get you to love this movie. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm, 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 you, you can continue doing this. I'm going to deflect all of it. Like I'm just like, what are we doing? We're wasting air right now. <laughs> I don't know. I there's you have to admit there is some good heart and sweetness to this movie that is redeemable. Like even uh, even Give in me the an end, example. Okay, I'll give you an example. <laughs> so <laughs> so you know, kind of in the end of the movie, uh, what happens is you know before the big game, their last game, uh, the big <laughs> asshole quarterback comes back and. Uh, Falco Keanu Reeves goes his way, leaves the team uh, to this quarter, this the, the best quarterback in the in the league. I'll cut you off right there, and I'll just say, hey, it's better in Waterboy when, when, when Bobby Boucher came back in the second round and won, they won the Bourbon Bowl. It's just like it, it's better there. It's better fine, there. fine. It's also better in any given Sunday. I yeah, agree. I, I agree. But I think with this movie, but our I mean, point is the camaraderie through the two hours. It's really it pays off. I liked all the smiles. I liked them coming together and winning and giving it to Pam's ex-boyfriend in the office to win, who's a deaf football player. I mean, but here's the deal. The bottom line is all this is showing is that Preston gets to pick the next movie. <laughs> <laughs> I hey man, I'm still reeling from Shazam or Kazam. Kazam. I thought that I thought that was great. <laughs> I do. I like Kazam too. I I do. And it'd be interesting if we took a poll, what movie is better Kazam or the replacements? I'm curious. Oh. All right. We, we have to, we, I'm going to do, we're going to have to do this on social media. We're going to have hey, to Brian, do... can I ask, can I ask you just a quick follow-up question on which movie is better? Yeah. Um, which one has John Wick and Gene Hackman? <laughs> the replacements. <laughs> oh, okay. Check. <laughs> Check. There you go. It's it. Oh man. I, I, I think some... it's. I think it's an unfair. I think it will be an unfair poll because if you put the two posters, they're going to see Keanu Reeves and Gene Hackman, and yeah. the other one, you're going to see Shaq like this. 
<laughs> yeah, the, the, the only way we could get this to work is if we did like a double bill at like the Alamo yes. Draft House, and then we're like, "All right, everybody, give us your ratings after you watch them back to back." Correct. Correct. Well, you you have to think. Okay, so like in 1999, in I, so in 1997, you yeah. you saw the movie The Devil's Advocate with Keanu Reeves and uh, Al Pacino, and then it wasn't until 1999 that The Matrix came out that sent him off and then over the course of two years he was in five he started in five movies the replacements the watcher the gift sweet november and hardball and how that, many of those how many of those were movie. in the can how many of those were in the can or signed up before the matrix because yikes i don't know i hey i'm gonna say i like the watcher and i like the gift and i like hardball i don't remember sweet november but then oh. after that it was matrix reloaded they're, and then matrix yeah they're not good oh, all of those movies you listed aren't horrifically bad. They're just strange choices. Like I enjoy, I enjoy Hardball, um, which is essentially his Hoosiers or whatever you want to call it. Let's do Hardball next, and we can just. <laughs> I mean, they they are better choices than Cuba Gooding Jr. picking Snow Dogs after <laughs> after Jerry Maguire. <laughs> is this the set? Yeah, well, I think there's I mean, we don't have to get into it. I think there's a lot of other things Cuba Gooding Jr. may have done wrong. Right, right. He's not the best decision guy. But it, it's it's interesting to see like those were all of his movies back then. And even Gene Hackman, you know Gene Hackman. Right. So Gene Hackman, the re- this was one of his like his last like of eight movies that he ever did. So the replacements and then he went on like his his next like really big movie was behind enemy lines, which I loved. And then of course Royal Tannenbaums. Royal Tannenbaums, yeah. Um, but the replacements, I don't know. I don't know. I, I liked him in this. I, I, I always like Gene Hackman, Hack Gene, oh, yeah. as I like to call him. I think it's illegal to not enjoy Gene Hackman in the in, even in this role. Like I he he's good. Like right. his, his his worst his worst performances are like bees you know <laughs> like you're just like oh that's a that's a solid b you'd right. take that in any day but yeah he uh, he was great i loved him in this he's, I, good, I he's good in the coach role i mean hoosiers yes like, yeah and he played on that movie. like that was part of this like he was cast because of that role <laughs> Is it where a better movie, Preston? Hey, <laughs> yeah, Preston, Preston. Yes, it was. Preston, where was he? Yeah, where was he a better coach? <laughs> I will say this: he got a team of no. He's not. He's a better coach in the replacement. Better coach in the <laughs> He went on to win like over the course of a game. Thanks to the writer. The writer wrote that. <laughs> Oh, such a such a hater. <laughs> <laughs> He's drinking that haterade <laughs> on the replacements. H2O, man. H2O. So you like the band The Replacements better than this movie? I yes, think I'd probably, that, I'd very probably, much so. I'd, I'd probably do that too, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't know. There's something about, I mean, it's Warner Brothers. You keep they convincing had, yourself, Brian. You keep convincing yourself. I, I You know what? I going coming back to it, I I liked it in a lot of the parts. I was like, man, they're really leaning into the silliness of this, and I just think it worked for this role. I think they leaned more into that as the movie went on, and even had that underdog fun feel. 
And I like the characters. I like these goofy ass characters. They really sold it. They brought it. They never half asked it whatsoever. And I like that they did that. Man, I'm I was just curious. I just looked up Roger Ebert's review. I was like, what does he have to say? What did he have to say about this? First line, I love it. it says the replacements is a slap happy, is slap happy entertainment painted in broad strokes, two coats thick. There you go. It's fun. He he ate his chocolate cake. He loved it. <laughs> this is this he loves is... his two two star movies. Let's say that. <laughs> Do you give this less than two stars? No, I I feel like two stars okay. is fair. Good. We're good. Okay. We're good. I'm not going to give it like a half yeah. or a zero. No, like I, well, I still I, like I said, my younger self would give it those stars. And some there's some there's still some good stuff in it. Like I do like when they do flip his car. Um, what else do you like about the movie? I want to I wanted to hear the things you really yeah, like. Give, give us give us three positive things. OK, so there's that. I also like a, it, already. It, 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 Already mentioned Walter Cotron as the the Bible guy. Yeah, he's pretty great, and uh, yeah, John Favreau. So yeah, I'm just, there's there's I'm trying to think of specific scenes that I was like that 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 was pretty good. Um, I mean, I will love the scene, even though it's cartoony, is the cheerleading scene when they all the cheerleaders start doing like the stripper dances, and you yeah, see yeah, the, and they're looking the yeah. mother in the crowd with the uh, with the kid. And um, and then the the it psyched them out. It was like a psych out from basketball almost. Like I I yeah. love but basketball better movie man. Well, basketball is much funnier. Like they, I mean, it's the careers at South Park. If, you, if you're gonna go all the way, go all the way like that. Ha, ha, have a scene <laughs> where you're gonna turn around and the size of your schlong is gonna knock over a desk. <laughs> Here, it's it's just stuck between two tones and it bothered me wow i mean i i don't know what else is i've pressed in i'm sorry that we ruined your monday night <laughs> you're like we're, we gotta replace this guy. i'm honest like i'm sorry no i'm sorry that this this seems to have struck a chord we're replacing <laughs> preston with a, a replacement yeah. hey, honestly if you can replace me also like if keanu reeves wants to come in as my replacement i i you should do that so if we get Keanu Reeves pressed, then you're out. Deal? That that works. <laughs> it's gonna happen. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, the replacements. I don't know. I I'm curious on why this hasn't come out on vinyl yet, been released on vinyl because it is a great soundtrack. Say what you will. They're they're good. They're good songs, but they should should they be should they be played in the way that they are in uh, the first suicide squad movie where you're like oh my god just every everything it's you trying to make me feel better sounds so mad they're i am songs. mad <laughs> you, 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 you nailed it when you said you sorry that we ruined your night because yeah i don't get to get a lot of movie nights uh with my wife and and I bought this thing, man. I paid. I paid two bucks for this. I want that refund, man. I don't. I'm so happy I have it. And I'm <laughs> they, glad Preston, I ruined call, your night. Call, you got more Keanu Reeves thanks to us. Preston, call, <laughs> call him today and say that your son accidentally hit your, your order button. And they'll refund it in like two seconds. There we go. <laughs> I, I am that. I watch no, Bachelor and then I watch The Replacements. Yeah. All right. I'm ready.
He's, he's ready. He's ready. I, we broke Preston on the replacements. It's so good. Solar Babies didn't do it. Biotome didn't do it. Kazam didn't do it. The replacements. I'm so happy about this. We found the one. You know what? I tell. I tell you what. No, I would. I would. Uh, Y'all are gonna really be like, oh my god. I'd watch Nightmare in Elm Street 2010 over. This oh, movie. that was better than this. Yes, it was. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> He's digging. No, 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 I'll admit that this one's better. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. Oh, oh boy, this is good. I love, I love when Preston gets amped like this. Like, I love that because we're trying to convince him. I mean, Dan, you and I know that Replacements is a great movie. I he's he hates it so much that I I was ready to come in and be like, it's above average, and there's parts I enjoyed, but his. His pure disgust with it is making me talk like it's John Wick 4. And I'm just like, no, you don't understand how amazing this part was. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. I love, oh, God damn it, Preston, you're amazing. <laughs> it's, I, I like this movie. I like Phase on Love. I like, it's just, you don't see this cast of characters anymore. I, I think, Dan, you said it. You don't see this type of movie anymore. They don't make it. This was America. Every superhero movie, you're just comparing it to the Avengers. You know I was. Team up movies they have, underdog movies they have. But right. they don't make them like that anymore. They didn't have the stripper scene in the Avengers. I wish. Brian, Brian, Brian we have lost. We have lost it. <laughs> I think we call it a, I think we call it a week. We finally found one where we all didn't agree on how we felt about it. And it was very it was very entertaining, but I feel like he's just going to quit and then never watch anything <laughs> with us again. <laughs> That's why I like to bring Preston over his line, his threshold line. And oh my God, I'm just going to get him a t-shirt that says the replacements is going to be so good. Yeah. I'm looking at, I, I'm looking in your office right now, Preston. You could use a nice little replacement poster. Yeah, I, right. I have his address. So, uh, I don't eBay think so, replacements those, poster. Those are quality movies, man. 99 cents. Oh, that's <laughs> Easy peasy. <laughs> it's good. All right. All right. That brings a close. Is there any closing remarks before we close out this this no. episode? No, May we God have, have mercy on everybody <laughs> who made this movie. <laughs> I think for our undying love, Dan, it, it feeded the oh. hate of Preston so, in this movie. He's like, let the oh. Flow through I you. It. I love it. Oh, it's so good. All right. We are Fear and Loathing in Cinema Podcast. We had a ball this time. The replacement. A lot of loathing. A lot of yeah, loathing. A lot of loathing. Yeah. A lot of loathing. From one person. Yeah. <laughs> you, did enough, you did enough for all three. Oh, my goodness. That was good. The replacements. Uh, it is available anywhere to rent. I believe it is available on Hulu if you have the TNT and TBS subscription. Uh, I am Brian Kluger. I'm at highdefdigest.com. You can find me at Twitter and YouTube and Instagram, Brian Kluger. There is Preston Barta. He is at the Denton Record Chronicle. He is at freshfiction.tv. He is on Twitter and he is on Instagram at Blu-ray Dad. Everything else, Preston Barta, look him up on YouTube. See his reviews, see his interviews. And then there's Dan Moran running that Fear and Loathing and Cinema podcast Instagram handle. Please be sure to follow and check that out. 
Uh, we'll be back next week with another wonderful show. We'll see if we can flip the table here and replace the replacements <laughs> with a, a movie that we hate and Preston loves. No, right after this, you're going to be Googling movies like the replacements and then <laughs> make that your pick every time. It is it's going to happen. We're just going to we're going to slowly kill Preston over time where he hates every movie. Uh, it's so good. All right. We love you. Thank you for listening.